0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. And today, as you watch this, I believe that God wants to invade you with His love and with His purpose. And as you do, listen to me, we will, here in Orange County, and I believe those that are watching today, we're going to step into a dimension of overcoming. Overcoming doesn't mean that you live life perfect. Can I be clear? We're talking about overcomers because John talked much about overcoming. They overcame. They overcame. And we're going to start this series because here's our conviction at Ocean's Church. Jesus is not returning. He is, but he's not returning for a church that's weaker than the one that he left. He's not coming back for believers that are sucking their thumbs in the fetal positions, praying to be raptured. I believe that he's coming back for a a bride, for a church that's unified. His last prayer was that he he would make the body of Christ one as he is one. He's not coming back for a disunified, divisive church that's all saying different things and wounding each other. He's not coming back for a church, again, that's void of power, that's absent from miracles, that's void of signs and wonders. He's coming back for a church that believes, that knows, and that's walking in the victory that Jesus purchased to give us. And so that's why we're going to do this series, Overcomers. So I'm going to read eight verses. I'm going to pray. That was a long introduction. I apologize. And then we're going to actually tell a story or two. And then I want to give you the fastest nine points. And if we can't get through all of them, maybe we'll just we'll, we'll cut it in half, and there'll be an A and a B message. And we'll go from there. Praise God. So let's pick up reading Revelations chapter 21. This is a pretty heavy portion of passage Beautiful passage, but uh, at the end of it, you'll see there's some weight to it. But I want you to read this with me. John writes, at the second to last chapter in the Bible, he goes, Now I say, a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Also, this is what he saw. I saw no more sea than I, John, in the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. He shall be with his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. God will wipe away, I love this, this is the promise of everlasting life. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, there'll be no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more COVID. Praise God. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. Verse 5, one of the greatest verses ever written, only God could say. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I want you to know today that if you've had a bad life, he's the only one that can make it new. If you've had some bad experiences, he's the only God that can heal you and make things new. And he says this, he said to him, write these words for they're true and faithful. And he said, it is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. I give the fountain of water, of life freely to him who thirst. He who overcomes, say it with me, overcomes. Write it in your thread, overcomes. Jesus is not coming back for a dilapidated, dysfunctional church. He's coming back for an o- overcoming people group. And it says this, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, some things. No, all things. And I will be his God. He shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, shall have their part in the lake of fire that burns with brimstone, which is the second death. Pretty wild passage. I want to I uh, talk to you this morning in my first message of overcomers. I want to talk to you about lookalikes. Lookalikes. Let's pray real fast. We're going to have a good time this morning. God, I pray whether it's our first time watching or we watch faithfully every week, would you please meet us where we are, and for the next 30 minutes, would you do something that we've never experienced? Take us deeper, take us higher, show us more of your love. We want to know you, not just at an academic level, we want to know you in our knower. So Lord, today, would you love Orange County? Would you love California? Would you love America and the world through, through this time? In Jesus' name, we love you, and we thank you that you're going to bless the Lakers. And everybody said, come on, a good old-fashioned. Amen. 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 Um, uh, I don't know if you've ever been there before, but uh, I like sporting events. And I think one of the things I'm missing, probably as much as anything right now, is uh, not just watching sports, but going to live sporting events. We're living in some dark days that cornhole is dominating the sports center thread. And uh, pretty wild that you didn't think that these days were coming, but. Um, I miss live sports. I used to go to a lot, of, a lot of sports growing up. I'm actually from California, and I remember in high school, my oldest brother, uh, Luc- uh, Chuck, yeah. I th- thought it was Lucifer, um, he, uh, he actually had an internship when he was in college. led love my older brother, Chuck. He actually had an internship at Dodger Stadium. And I'll never forget, it was so cool. He'd get us free tickets all the time. So I would load up vans full of my friends, and we would go to Dodger Stadium. We'd, we'd snuggle, we would... Uh, smuggle in beach balls, and we would blow them up and watch the security guards chase them all over the stadium, and uh, it was so fun. I had some great memories going to Dodger Stadium, and my brother Chuck worked for Diamond Vision, which was actually the company inside of the stadium that did the celebrity lookalikes, and pretty much everything that was on the screen, they would produce, and uh, I remember going to games. My brother Chuck would walk around the stadium with a camera, and he would find people sitting in the seats that looked like a you know, doppelganger of a celebrity look-alike. And so the, the screens, it was one of my favorite parts of the game, to be honest. The, it was the Cracker Jacks, the Dodger Dogs, uh, the seventh inning stretch, and it was the celebrity look-alikes. It was one of my favorites. And they would always put, like, the picture of the celebrity, and then it would go live to the person sitting in the stadium that looked like that particular celebrity. And uh, I remember my brother Chuck was so good at his job, they would find people that looked just like Michael J Fox it was like had his hair had his eyes his nose you know they put Tom Cruise up he had his he had the tooth that was like in the middle of his face and uh just wild like they put all these different you know people up on the screen and and then they'd show they'd show the celebrity and they show the person in the in the seats and uh it was fun one time i remember they put a picture of chewbacca up and then right after chewbacca there was just this hairy guy like this guy was so hairy, like, Bigfoot took pictures of him. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, just just wild. And um, I remember uh, one of the last ones they did was uh, they, they put a picture of Adam Sandler up. And we're like, oh, man, someone's going to look like Adam Sandler. And then they went live to the camera, and it was actually Adam Sandler. And the entire stadium just started, you know, cheering and getting excited. Uh, there's something about, you know, lookalikes, just kind of a fun I don't know if you've ever met someone that looks like you, or someone says, this guy looks just like... I don't know if you've ever been offended before when someone says, has anyone ever told you? And I'm like, buckle up. Anyone ever told you, you look like Chris Farley? I'm like, oh, gosh. Just, you know, I don't know who you are, but I've heard some awful ones before. Uh, my, my, I have a family member that poor guy I would always have people come up to him saying, you look just like Ron Howard's brother. And he's like, that's not a compliment. <laughs> but... I was thinking about you know lookalikes and looking like other people, and um, you know one of the joys of becoming a parent is I would say one of the coolest things is seeing how your children take on traits and characteristics of you and your spouse. It's really special. It's so cool to see their little personalities take shape. Uh, both of my daughters kind of have parts of my humor. They have parts of my 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 uh, my I don't know. I guess the the witty like the, the quick wit they they tell they just know how to tell the joke at the right moment and uh, I don't know I think they're they may be comedians one day but my my daughters they take it on but they have my, my wife's beautiful face and they have Rochelle's beautiful hairline they have the bangs like their mom and they have my, Kenzie has her mom's creativity and it's just it's really cool when people come up to you and it, you parents know this and they say man has anyone ever told you that your daughter looks just like you Something about her smile. There's something about your daughter's ears. Or, man, it's, it's her fingernails. Her fingernails look just like your fingernails. And uh, it's kind of fun. My little, my little Chloe's five, and I like to just, you know, we're laying in bed at night. I'll just look at her little hands. Her hands look just like my hands, but just the mini version of them. And uh, she looks like me. She's like my little mini me. And there's something special about when something you love takes on a look that's like you. And I was thinking when I was praying about this series of overcomers, I really felt the heart of God just really wanting me to almost, to, to you know, even out of the book of Revelations, which is amazing, that it was the, the last, you know, last book of the Bible written during one of the most hostile times in history to be a believer. That one of the most wicked Caesars of all time in Rome was killing Christians by the thousands. And basically John writes this book to say, hey, Continue to be faithful, even if it means losing your life. And that's what Revelations was. That was the backdrop of this book. And I was, re- I was praying and I was reading, and I really felt like I just heard the Holy Spirit saying, Mark, uh, we're, we're entering into a new season of the kingdom of God that we're going to see people that know God, like Daniel, that are going to be strong and that are actually going to do great exploits. You know, it says that he's coming back for a overcoming. There's going to be a bride, it says in Ephesians, that's without spot and that without, without, without wrinkle, that Jesus is coming back for. Right now, the church is not blemish-free. And I do believe that God is bringing his, his love, his purifying love, back into the church. And it's gonna actually make us look more and more and more like him. Here's the thought I have, if, you're, if my big idea, if you're writing down maybe my thesis this morning, is I believe that there's more available of God's victory than most of us are currently living with. There is more available as it pertains to victory than most Christians, most Jesus followers, Jesus believers are living with. And as I kept praying this week, I couldn't shake this, that there's more victory available than most of us are living with. And this is wild, but God told me, he said, Mark, we decide as followers of Jesus how much we look like God. We'd actually, this is wild. I don't know if you, ever, if you ever heard this before, but do you know that no one determines how close you get to God except you? Do you realize that the only ceiling, the only lid to getting close and becoming like God is you? That there is no one on the earth that can forcefully keep you from knowing, becoming, and spending time with God. And whether you're Billy Graham or maybe you're Billy Unknown, God actually wants you to know that you decide how close you get to God. It's not like he has favorite kids that he goes, you know what, I want to give more of myself to him and more of myself to her. But no, that guy over there, he's a slacker. This guy over here, he's not, he's not applying himself. I want you to know that God responds to hunger. And some of you today, I want to stir up your hunger that God actually went to the cross to give us more than just access to heaven. He actually went to the cross to give us access to some of heaven here on earth. And there's traits. I believe there's divine characteristics of Jesus' followers because God wants us to do more than just believe what's right. He wants to let what we believe shape what we become. And many times we settle in life in the shallow end of just, we're going to believe the right things. And I do believe that we have to start with believing what's true. But I believe that true truth always does more than help us just believe. It actually helps us become. What does it help us become? It helps us take on the nature and the attributes of the God that we actually worship. And we read through this verse in Revelation 21, and it's a pretty heavy passage. And what I did here is I actually took the negative traits that are listed, which is pretty wild, that the traits that John forecast in the end times— probably could not be more obvious today than they currently are and it's amazing that two thousand years ago a book that was written in the first century actually has such relevant significance of the time in which we're living here now today he actually forecast about a time that people would be cowardly and i want you to know i have nine traits for you to write down today that i believe help us as we believe in jesus and as we welcome his presence He actually makes us look like him and causes us to overcome like he overcame because we actually would take on his characteristics. Here's the first trait of Jesus that we see. All of these traits are found in the person of Jesus. Number one, Jesus was courageous. I don't know too many people that it says this, but you know that that true love is when you're actually willing to lay down your life for your friends. This is wild that while we were still screwed up, still... Still dissing God, he was willing to die for us. We see his courage in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, hey, if there's any other way to redeem humanity other than the cross, would you please open that door? But if not, I'm still willing to walk through it. I'm not going to be scared of destiny. And I want you to know today that one of the things that right now in the era that we live in is we're living in a a window of history. The word cowardly in Revelations 21, it literally means fearful, it means timid, and it means literally valuing comfort and safety over loyalty to Jesus. I think if there's ever been a time in history that people would rather be comfortable and safe over loyalty to Jesus, it's right here and it's right now. And I want to encourage you today that, listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not its not comfortology. We're not just supposed to believe in God, so we have these benefits, and so we have this perfect life with no problems, and we can avoid the pain of this life. He actually says this in John. He says, I've spoken to you, John 16, 33, because he said, I want you to have peace in this current time. In the world you're living in, Jesus said, yeah, there's going to be tribulations, but I want you to actually take courage He says this, because I have overcome the world. How do we know we can walk in courage? Because Jesus overcame the world. Do you know the future? I don't know the future, but I do know who knows the future. And I know who holds the future. And I know who shapes the future. And because, listen, even though I can't control it, he can. So therefore, I'm going to trust him. And I want to be loyal, even at the expense of comfort and safety at times. Can I get a good old-fashioned amen? I believe that one of the traits, we want to take on the nature, the, the appearance, the smile, the ears, the eyes, the, you got the teeth. You have kind of the voice of Jesus is that, number one, the voice of Jesus is courageous. And we're going to be a church. Mark my words that one of the things I feel like God wants us to be, Ocean's Church, is we're going to be overcomers in our disposition. That doesn't mean that we're not scared because, listen, uh, the absence of worry is not courage, Courage is when you're aware of worry and anxiety, but you still decide to stay loyal to Jesus. That is where courage is rooted in. Look, I don't want to share that Jesus loves this guy working at the gas station. I don't want to roll down my window right now and maybe bless somebody that's in need. I don't want to share my story with the guy at the gym or maybe love my neighbor next door. But I feel, God, I'm tired. This is inconvenient. This isn't the right moment. But you feel God's love pushing you out. What what happens? Courage is when you say, God, even when I want to be comfortable and safe, I'm willing to be loyal. Number one, I believe that the trait of Jesus' followers is that they're loyal uh, and, they're, and they're courageous. Number two, the second trait we see here flipped upside down is it talks about in the end times, there would be people that aren't just cowardly. It says they would be unbelieving. You know, I, I think it's so so true that we actually become what we focus on. Many times, I wrote this down. You can write this in your notes if you want t- today. But I believe that, the, that you'll always take on the flavor of your focus. You'll take on the flavor of your focus. What do you mean? What do you mean, Mark? I mean that when you focus on negativity, you focus on doom and gloom, you focus on fear and worry and discouragement, when you focus on what you don't have, you will always take on the attitude of that. But there's something in faith. I I, I wrote this this week when I was praying for you. God wanted me to tell somebody that faith works best in low visibility, and sometimes we want to see fully and understand completely before we trust God, before we believe God. I want you to that faith is good at going, hey, it's low visibility, but God is still worthy to be trusted. And I want you to know that a God that's, that's small enough to be completely understood is a God that's too small to be completely trusted. Part of what makes God who he is is the moments of time that our logical brain cannot wrap around all the intricate details of life, purpose, meaning, significance, morality, destiny. There's some answers that don't have clean, uh, some questions that do not have clean answers. What do you do with those? Is you fill those gaps with one of two things. Trust or you fill the gaps with suspicion. And I believe today that we're going to be an overcoming church because overcomers, when there's gaps, we fill them with trust. God, I don't understand why this person died. I don't understand why there's diseases and pain and genocide in the world. But rather than filling gaps with suspicion, I'm going to fill gaps with trust. Listen, you, no one watching this judges a movie until they watch the credits. And many of you are judging the goodness of God based on 70 years of life. I want you to know that it's, it's, it's impossible to see the goodness of God outside of the scope of eternity. We see the goodness of God not just in your life here on earth, but in eternity's scope. And today, I want to let you know that we are, number two, we are believers. You know, it says this, it says in Mark 9, 29, Jesus actually said this way, according to your faith, according to your belief, it's going to be done. You know, many times in life, we get what we're believing for. Some of you are like, well, Mark, man, good things are never going to happen for me, man. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to get a job. I'm never going to, like, get ahead. I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to get out of this sick cycle that I'm in. I'm never going to get free from alcohol or substance abuse or I'm going to get divorced like everybody else in my family. Some of you, you're aiming at what you're going to get. And I want to encourage you today that the first part of change is when you believe, you invite. This is not self-help. This is God help. God help is when you actually say, God, I invite you to actually realign what I'm aiming at. I believe that you're a good God, capable of directing my life in a good way. So we're going to be a church. We're overcomers. What do overcomers do? Not only are overcomers courageous, but number two, they are believing. We are believers. And I, I do believe Jesus said to the pure, all things are pure. You know, what you are is usually what you find, and that's why bitter people always seem to attract bitter people, and negative people seem to always find all their friends are negative, and all the gossipers seem to always cling together, and all the people that talk bad about dignitaries, and pastors, and leaders, and everyone that has the spirit of discernment or suspicion, I mean discernment, they all seem to kind of find each other. Like always gravitates to like because what you see is what you get. And so I want to encourage us as a church that we're going to be those that believe. We're overcomers. That number four, write this down. Overcomers are not just those that believe, but number three, excuse me, they are those that are actually good. They go after what's good. Isn't it crazy that John knew that the days were coming that there at the end of the time of history, that there would be a dispensation of human interaction that human beings would call what is evil good and what is good evil. Isn't it wild that you can say anything today? Like, you could be up, you could be pro-wells, pro-trees, pro-anything. Pro, we're pro-vacuums, we're, pro, we're pro-dolphins, we're pro-seals, we're pro-crabs. We're, we're, you could be pro-anything, and the world just applauds it. But the moment you're like, hey, I'm pro-Jesus, and the world's like, that's evil. We tolerate everything except Tolerance. And it's amazing that we tolerate everything and still it actually contradicts what we want to tolerate. And it's amazing to me that you can worship anything and get applauded except Jesus. Why is it? Isn't it interesting that you can worship Buddha, Muhammad, give credit at the Academy Awards show for any deity in the world and get applauded except Jesus? Why is it? Could it be that what's actually combated the most is maybe because it has the most power there within? And today, I want to encourage us that we're going to be a church. We're overcomers. What do you mean? We're overcomers. It says in in Acts 10.38 that Jesus was anointed by God. He actually went about doing good works, good works, and healing all who were oppressed by, by a disorder. That's not what the Bible says. It says by the devil. I want to, I know some of you are like, Mark, this is so old fashioned. You really believe in a devil, like with pitchforks, and you really believe. I think one of the greatest deceptions that Paul warns about in the end days is humanity's going to get so intellectually savvy that they're going to stop believing that there could be a devil. I think one of the greatest evidence of the devil is that most of humanity does not acknowledge there is a devil. But let me just take it back for a minute. How many believe there's evil things in the world? Say, I. I feel like Ted Robbins, right? T- Tony Robbins, right now. I. There's evil in the world. How many say that something bad happened to a little kid is evil? Yeah, it's evil. How many, you know, awful genocide, tragedy. If, 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 if there is a wrong. Is murder wrong? Yeah. Is hurting people that are innocent wrong? Yeah. Well, if you, listen, if there is a wrong that has to be, Rabbi Zacharias, who just went to be home with Jesus this week, He stated this, that if we acknowledge that our morality inside of us is wired, that there is an automatic response to evil and and injustice in the world being wrong, we also cannot be ignorant and we cannot be uh, double-minded in disacknowledging that there is a right. If you acknowledge there is evil and bad in the world, then we also have to acknowledge that there is a good. And you can't acknowledge heaven without acknowledging, okay, then maybe there is a hell. Maybe, maybe there is a God. Maybe there is a devil. And contrary to Hollywood, I want you to know it is not a cosmic arm wrestling battle that God is like, oh, my gosh. He's like Sylvester Stallone and over the top. He's got to turn his hat around. He's got to get ready to do this little deal here. And he's got to go, I'm taking the devil down. There is no competition with God and, God and uh, with Jesus and Lucifer says in Revelations, when you read it, that one angel actually takes the, de- the defanged dragon and punishes him to the lake of fire. The Bible says there's legions of angels, and it only took one to actually put the devil in his rightful place. God made all the angels. God made all of humanity. And I want you to know that, listen, God can change everything in one moment. There is no cosmic battle between light and darkness, and everybody said Amen. I want to write this down. So we're going to be a church that doesn't just uh, disregard what's right. We're going, to, we're going to stand for what's right. We're going to feed the poor. We're going to clothe the naked. We're going to take care of orphans and widows. Can I get a good amen? We're not going to be a church not just with good news. We're going to be a church with good acts. And number four is we're overcomers because it says this. These are traits. These are Jesus' traits. He was rich in good works, and he was a life giver. He says in the last time there's going to be murderers. We know that in, in certain continents, not the Western world right now, but in many continents on the earth, people are still being martyred for their faith in Jesus. People are losing their lives, their livelihoods, disowned from families. And I want you to know that the opposite of being a murderer is being a life giver. You know, I believe that in America, maybe you're not threatened with your life uh, as, as it pertains to murder, but I do believe this, that all of us have the choice with our words to either kill or to breathe life. And I believe that what we're going to be as overcomers is we're a community of believers that actually say, you know what? My words are going to reflect the love that God has put in my heart. It says in Proverbs chapter 18.21 that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And so many people, it says if you eat of it, if you enjoy its fruit, you'll actually eat of it. And today I want to encourage us, Oceans, that we're not going to be like everybody else, that we just say the first thing that's negative about anyone we don't like. Can I let you know it's always easier to critique than it is to create. And many times we think that we're mature because how we critique people. Do you know it takes very little effort to be a food critic? But it takes a lot of effort to be a food creator. You know, it's easier to walk into a restaurant and write your negative Yelp review than it is to open up your own restaurant and to create something meaningful. I want us to, come on, Oceans Church, listen. We are going to be the type of believers that don't just criticize. We'll actually criticize by creating, not by critiquing. I think that one of the greatest ways that society can be benefited by the light of Jesus is when we go into spaces and places and we create, and we bring life, and we bring hope, and we bring truth. Not just go in and say, that's wrong, that's evil, you're wicked, you're the devil. Listen, we create, that's the way that we Criticize is by creating, not by critiquing. Can I get a good amen? And so we're a community that, that are life givers, life speakers. Number five, how about this? The fifth trait is that the Bible says in the last days, there's going to be sexual immorality that's going to be running rampant. Now, before you get all like turned, uh, turned off by this statement, like this is so outdated, do you, if you look into the book of Revelations and much of the New Testament, the word that we get fornicator or sexually immoral person... Uh, those two phrases come from the same Greek word that we get porn from. Porn, porneos, porne. it's actually in the Greek language. And this is wild. 2,000 years ago, a guy with severe burns on his body who was riding on an isolated island of Patmos wrote, in the last days, people are going to be in bondage and they're going to be stuck in the dark perversion of porn. And isn't it amazing that today, one of the most lucrative industries in the world is the adult film industry. And I don't know where you stand with it. I'm not trying to to throw rocks at anybody because God loves everybody. And my personal story was that when God found me, I was exposed to that stuff at a young age. I was addicted to it at a young age. But I want you to know today, if you're watching, that if you're stuck in darkness, Paul writes it this way. That there's things that I didn't want to do that I did. And the things that I hated, I practiced. And the more I didn't want to do it, it seemed like the more I did it. But he gives us a promise that there's actually a, a law working inside of us. That, that he, he actually introduces this idea in Romans 8.2. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And I want you to know that there is a power that I experience personally that today is available for anyone that is watching. That God says, listen, that God can give you pure eyes. You know it says in Matthew chapter 6:22. He says, "If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will feel, be full of darkness." I remember, listen, whenever you devalue human beings, and that's what pornography does that's what prostitution does. whenever you devalue something that was made in the image of God, it always brings darkness into your soul. And I want to encourage you today that God can make you pure in your mind. God can make you pure in your eyes. He can make you pure in your ears. And today, I got good news for you today that you don't have to die the way that maybe you were born. You don't have to die with anger. You don't have to die with perversion. You don't have to die with all of the proclivities of just going after things. Listen, if it feels good, it doesn't mean that you should do it. Not everything that is legal is actually beneficial. And we think sometimes, well, I'm not breaking the law. What damage is this doing? I want you to know that many things that are legal today are not helpful, are actually uh, are worthy of edifying or building you up. And uh, I want to encourage you today that we're going to be a community that overcomes because we guard our eyes. I think it was Job that said, I'm going to purpose in my heart not to defile myself by what I look at. I want to I challenge you, Oceans. Guard your gates. I am shocked at how much stuff we just see on TVs, on screens every day that maybe 10 years ago would have shocked us, but now we don't even think about twice. We've been desensitized sexual perversion, all these things that are just always trying to entice. Come on, church, let's make a commitment with our eyes that God would guard our gates. And number six is it says that those, the traits of Jesus is that he lived free. You know, the word sorcery, maybe you're thinking of Harry Potter right now and watching Onward too many times in a row. But I want you to know that that's not not the word that John uses here. The word sorcerer actually comes from the Greek word pharmakeos, I think is how you pronounce it. And it's literally where we get the word pharmacy. It means drugs. It means substance. It means spirits. And I believe the day that if, you, if you're watching this, I got good news for you today that you don't have to live your life numbing yourself with medication, numbing yourself with pain pills. I'm in Orange County. More people die here of opioid overdoses than almost any other county in America. I want you, if you're watching this, and you're addicted to some sort of drugs, we serve a God that promises, actually in John eight thirty six, he says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And some of you watching today, you're like, Mark, I am not living with freedom. I am, I am addicted to these bondages. I want you to know that really in life, we, we don't choose if we worship. We just choose what we worship. And some of you are worshiping drugs, some of you are worshiping entertainment, some of you are worshiping uh, vices. And I want you to know today that it is is only in the worship of Jesus Christ that we are liberated from the slavery of all other tyrants. So today, we choose that we're gonna be a free community. Overcomers welcome Jesus in to liberate us. It actually says in number seven that we're gonna be spirit filled. You know, you can be filled with a lot of things, a lot of darkness. You know, the Bible talks about even people that worship different entities and different deities. But it says in Ephesians 5, 18, it says not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to be a church that overcomes because Jesus overcame. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you today that you don't have to live your life empty and void of his power and his presence. But we can actually live as overcomers like Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Number eight, I'm almost finished is that we're going to be overcomers because like Jesus, we're going to know how to worship God. Notice that when the devil came to Jesus, he always tried to get him to question the words and the worship of God. He said, if you are the son of God, why don't you do this? If you are, if you are. And Jesus always combated these ideas of, of honoring and worshiping Satan by saying, it is written, it is written. It is written. There is something in temptation that is only overcome by worshiping God with what has been written. We're going to be a church that overcomes because we know the words that were written. And I believe the last, you know, it actually says with, with, with this um, that in the last days, people will be idol worshipers. The word idol worship actually comes from the idea of not just honoring false gods. It comes from worshiping mammon or money. Isn't it wild that John forecasted not only drug use, not only pornography, but he actually forecasted in the last days there would be people that actually spend their life worshiping money. Many people today, they use people to get money. But that's not the way the kingdom of God works. Overcomers will actually use money to reach people. You know, it says in Luke sixteen nine to use money to reach the world around you. Talks about when you're, maybe other things don't go well. If you love people with your resources, the days will come that that love that you used for others will come back and bless you. So we're going to be a church like the kingdom of God that actually uses money to actually reach people. We're not going to worship money. We're going to worship God. And number number nine, we finish here, is that we're going to be truth tellers. We live in a we live in a world that's good at lying. We have fake news, fake media. We have fake reports, fake social media accounts. We have, we have all these, these replicas, you, go, you know, a lot of things that are made in other countries that are, that are knockoff books, knockoff CDs, knockoff uh, movies, and I, I want you to know that in an era of lies, I believe that God wants us to be good at knowing the truth. It says in Ephesians, it says Ephesians 4.15, to speak the truth in love. I want to encourage you today, overcomers don't just know the truth, they know how to present the truth. Some of you are as straight as a gun barrel as it pertains to truth, but you're just as empty of love. And I want you to know, Paul says in Corinthians, he goes, look, you can know all mysteries. You can have full prophetic unction and understanding. If you do not have love, you have nothing. And this is not just an error to be right. It's an error to be loving. And I want to encourage you, Oceans, we're going to be overcomers, not because we know the truth, but because we know how to speak the truth in love. Today, I got good news as we pray, that if you're in any of these character uh, traits of Jesus, that maybe as you look at your own life and you go, that's not there. I don't have the eyes of Jesus as it pertains to courage. I don't have his nose or his teeth as it pertains to truth. You know, my voice doesn't really look anything like his, his good voice, like his life-giving voice. You know, my eyes aren't pure like his. My, my heart is not spirit-filled like his heart was. But today, I acknowledge that there is a news that can invade my life, that I can invite his spirit in to actually heal, to restore, and to make me look like him. You know, it says in Acts eleven twenty-six 26, that they were first called Christians in Antioch. Christian literally meant little Jesus, a miniature Jesus, that his believers looked so much like him that the only definition that society could label Christ's followers was miniature Jesus. I wonder today if we have more of God's name than we have his nature. And I believe that this morning, God wants us to be an overcoming church that doesn't just carry his name, but we actually walk in his nature. We walk in his fruit, in his spirit, in his gifts. And we're gonna see over the next couple of weeks of how we overcome, when we overcome, and even where we overcome. So I wanna encourage you today as we close, I wanna pray for you that as you're watching today and as I walk through these traits, that today maybe you're, you're facing fear. I wanna pray that God would make you brave. If you're watching right now, just do me a favor. We're going to go through this really quickly. If you're watching and you say, Mark, I want, I want to have the face, I want to have the courage of Jesus. Would you pray for me today that maybe I don't know what's happening with my business, my family, my marriage, my, my kids, my friends? Would you pray that God would give me courage? Just write, would you write, um, write brave? Might be easier for you to spell. Write brave. Didn't mean to insult your intelligence there, but write brave. Maybe you're watching today and you're like, Mark, I I, I don't just need to be brave. I want to be believing. Maybe you have an unbelieving heart and you want to have a believing heart today. Just maybe write, I want to believe just more. Maybe write faith, F-A-I-T-H. I want to have more faith. Write faith. Third thing you're watching is maybe you're like, Mark, I feel like I have a good belief in God, but my lifestyle is not reflecting his goodness. I want God to come into my mind and my heart and actually affect the way that I see and I live life. God... If you did good works on the earth, I want to do good works on the earth. Here's the difference. We are not saved by the good things that we do. We're saved by Jesus. So we're not saved by good works, but the Bible does say that we're saved for good works. And so we're going we're to live some. Jesus paid for it, but we're going to live out some good things. And so not only are we going to do that today, if you want to write that down, write good. How many want to speak life? Just write life today. We're not going to tear people down, tear others down. You never get higher by pulling people lower. And today, we're going to be those that declare blessing and favor, and we're going to have wisdom, and we're going to know what to say and when to say it. I'm going to be a life speaker, a life giver. Number four is life giver. Number five, I want to be pure. I want a purpose in my heart not to defile myself. I want God to give me pure eyes. I want to see the opposites. I want to see see girls or guys the way that God sees them. Paul says to treat them like mothers or like sisters or like brothers or like fathers. I don't want to ever view people like objects. I don't ever want to objectify a human being that is made in the image of God. Lord, give us pure eyes. Give us not only pure eyes, but come on, give us, give us a freedom in our minds. Some of you are addicted in bondage today. and I have good news. Today is the day of sobriety. I believe in Jesus' name. Some of you that have been addicted to cocaine and different narcotics, today is the day of freedom. I pray right now that, God, even right where you're watching, in Jesus Christ's name, I break the back of generational substance abuse. I I pray for those right now that have been literally years upon years. I cannot get free. I've tried, and I can't. Listen, you can't, but God can. So, Lord, we invite your presence to break every chain, every chain. And finally, God, we pray lastly, the last couple things, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. You can write freedom for freedom. You can write spirit for spirit. And how about number eight? Not only that, but we be we got those that worship God. I don't want to just worship what's dead. I want to worship what's living. And number nine, the last thing is I want to tell the truth. I want to live not only knowing the truth, but speaking it in love. Right truth. I pray today as we close, Holy Spirit, that God, you do work in all of our hearts. We don't want to be a broke down, beat up, disgusting looking church that you have to come back and rescue from some cave that we're sucking our thumb in. God, we want to be a beautiful church. We want to be a victorious people. We want to be those, Lord, that the world knows are your followers by the way that we love them. I ask, Lord, that you would make us one. I I ask, Lord, that you would unify your bride. I ask, Lord, that we would be a church full of signs and wonders and miracles and power and love. And I ask that we would speak the truth in love. We pray, Lord, for a sovereign awakening around Orange County, around California, the world, Idaho, California, uh, Texas, Michigan. I pray, Lord, all over Nevada, we believe that where sin abounds, your grace abounds even more. I pray right now for anyone that's watching as we close, that knows in their heart that today's the day that they would recommit their life to you. I want to pray for you right now where you're watching. As you, you feel like I've been talking to you almost this entire message. And you go, Mark, I I know that I'm not living with God, and I'm not living for God. Do you know that last week, five people that were watching this broadcast gave their lives to Jesus? That the week before that, seven people did? That the week before that, ten people did? Do you realize that every week, people are making a decision through technology to invite God into their life? You will have a lot of regrets in life, but one thing I promise you will not regret is giving God more of you you'll always regret giving God less, but you'll never regret giving God more. So as you watch this on Facebook, right now you're on YouTube, can I ask you today, if you know that today's the day you want to recommit your faith, you say, God, I've kind of walked away from you, I've gotten off track, maybe you've never even believed in God, but you can sense him knocking at the door of your heart, And we want to finish today by giving you an opportunity to say, Mark, look, I'm not saying I'm perfect or I'm committing to being perfect, but I want to invite God into my life. I want to know Him and start to look like who He is. You want to invite God into your life today, again, this is your moment. I want you just to write heart, H-E-A-R-T, or you can do the heart emoji. But I want you right now on whatever platform, come on, YouTube, Facebook, right now, this is the moment. Don't wait. Some are like, well, Mark, what if someone sees this? What if they see my name? Can I just tell you that Jesus promised that if we would be bold in acknowledging him in front of our friends, that he would be bold in heaven in, in acknowledging us in front of his father. So don't be shy. Don't be scared. Everyone watching right now has made this decision probably other than you. So there's a few of you right now. I would say five to ten people that are actually right now today going to say, Mark, today's the day that I rededicate my life. Write heart right now or do a little emoji heart. I want to pray for you as you say heart. Come on, right now, Lord, everyone that needs to respond, let them do it right now. You can just write me, that's you, me, M-E, me, that's me, that's me, that's me. I want to pray for you today. Father, I pray, even now life, that you would come. I pray as they pray this prayer that you would do a new thing in their life. You said in Revelations 21 that you're the only one that can make all things new. So I pray you'd heal them of their past. I pray you'd do something powerful in the future. And right now, as we pray this prayer, we invite you in. Say it like this. Say, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life. Would you heal me, forgive me, and lead me from this day forward? I want to overcome even as you overcame. Help me to live a life that you designed and created me to live. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. I pray today for anyone that's sick, terminal illness. Uh, even addictions to narcotics, I pray freedom right now. And God, as we close this out today, I pray that, Lord, everyone that's watching that's far from you, you would bring them close. Show them your love. Show them your kindness. In Jesus' name. And one more time, everybody said amen. I want to say thank you for tuning in today. If you If you gave your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to actually download the Bible app. You can start reading the book of Matthew or Mark, Luke and John in the New Testament. Start diving into the Bible. It's free. Download it. Secondly, if you don't have a church, I'd encourage you to get plugged into a church. Right now, most churches are online. And so you can actually check out our church every week or find a church near you. You can message us. We'll help you find a church if you don't live in our area. You can join a small group. There's a link right now that'll come on your screen to join a group in our church right now that are all Zoom. We're gonna be meeting soon. I'm not sure when, but we'll keep you posted this week. We'll have an update on when we're gonna be meeting in person again. We're following kind of some direction right now, watching churches all over America and our state. But I want you to know, that good days are in store for us, Oceans Church. I love you so much. Our best days are still ahead of us. God's gonna be, come on, kind and good to all of us, even this week. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.